Get it. The Bird Show. We have argued with Kristen. I think Mo and I were the most vocal about this. Like, that, watching TV is not a hobby. It's just a, it's a checkout. It's a waste of time. It, I can't exactly put my finger on why I feel that way, but it just does not feel like a hobby. It, it doesn't feel like you're um, being creative or right. accomplishing anything. There's no goal. It, it, you're just, like, sitting there watching TV. It doesn't feel hobbyish. Well, a hobby to me doesn't necessarily, and maybe we have definitions messed up, doesn't mean that there necessarily has to be a goal. That's no. why I think that I haven't gotten a hobby dysfunctionally is that, I'm so goal-oriented that everything has to have a purpose, whereas with a hobby, I think it's, I'm with you, like, it's, there's got to be something going on, I'm creative, I'm engaging with my mind, it's, I'm, I'm allowed to check out, but I could be also describing TV. You were 100% describing TV, and my thing is, if reading a book is a hobby, if going to the movies, watching cinema, appreciating cinema is a hobby, why can't television be a hobby? Would we consider reading a book or reading a hobby? I guess we yes. would. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. If someone asked me what I like to do, I would say reading. And that's a hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. But to hit your points about being creative or not feeling productive, I think I have found an answer that explains why some people don't see watching TV as a hobby. And maybe we need to think about it differently. So there's this Instagram account I follow that I love. It's S you should care about, except the S is spelled mm-hmm. out. And it's a mix of like important world events put in a very pop culture lens and then also polls about Harry Styles. So it's really fun mix up. But they posted something about what do you do for fun? And she writes, so what do you do for fun? I asked a new friend a month ago. She looked at me over her Americano and said, honestly, my main hobby is probably consuming media. I practically yelled, same, and told her that when I realized that consuming media was one of my hobbies, it changed my life. I used to hate being asked about my interests, never feeling like they were legitimate hobbies or a good use of my time. Spoiler, if you enjoy something, that's a good enough use of your time. And as much as I hate to admit it, I probably only felt confident enough to classify content consumption and creation, I guess, as one of my hobbies when it actually became my job. One of capitalism's poisons is making us believe that all our hobbies should or can be monetized. But because I, a single 26-year-old person in the world, am not stronger than this, my hobby didn't feel legitimate until I made it productive and it became my job. I may not have felt as strongly if I hadn't just read something by Anne Helen Peterson called Who Gets Quality Leisure, where she talks about the fact that men's hobbies, for example, like golf, take them away from the home and typically take hours, while women's hobbies, reading, knitting, cooking, are often bound to the home because we're still expected to be looking after children or doing other general private sphere things during our leisure time. So is the foundation of this entire theory that her hobby is consuming content meaning she's scrolling on tiktok or instagram that's her hobby or like me or tv yes consuming media and that she didn't feel like it was okay until it became her job because she does social media and then it was like now it's productive now it's legitimatized and in the eyes of everybody but it's okay and she finally met a friend who said consuming media is my hobby so tv (laughs) books tiktok reels social because people put a lot of effort into some tiktoks they're educational they can be like mini cinema shorts and so she just goes on basically to say 
as modern civilization developed and expanded, women were responsible for the domestic sphere, so they sought out activities in those spaces in which they were tethered. Men were allowed to and expected to circulate in the public sphere. And basically, the long story short is women's hobbies have been dismissed, whereas men's hobbies, as a general rule, I'm very, very much generalizing here, are seen as legitimate because they are productive. So men don't even really get to have hobbies where they sit on the couch and zone out because it doesn't feel productive mm-hmm. to you. In Which like, is why you struggle so yeah. hard to find, like, to be comfortable within right. a hobby. Right, because right, right. society has told you, you need to always be productive. And then women have developed hobbies close to the home because society has said, eh, that's where you belong. And so TV watching is very much a hobby. The whole point is we got to throw that whole thing out the window. Whatever you do that brings you joy in your free time is a hobby. It TV! Does not have to make money. Or scrolling through TikTok or Instagram. I'm calling BS on that. <laughs> no that way. That is not a hobby. Yeah, it, it is. That is complete and total waste of your brain. According to you. Yeah, it's, but uh, it's... A lot of hobbies are a waste of your brain, though. <laughs> That's where you're getting it twisted. A hobby doesn't have to not be a waste of your brain or waste... You can call it a waste of time. It's still a hobby. Okay. Yeah. So if your kids are on TikTok scrolling for four hours a day, you should compliment them today and say, hey, I'm just happy that you have a, a it, hobby. If your kid was doing knitting for four hours a day, would you not be like, hey, let's try something else? If they were doing one activity for that long every day, you would say, let's try some other things. And too much time doing anything is unhealthy. If my husband was playing golf four hours a day every day, we'd have to sit down and have a talk. But the consumption of, like, if your if your hobby was drinking liquor, okay, I would say that's not healthy for you, right? That's not a hobby. That's not healthy for you. Consuming that much social media, if you're calling it a hobby and you're doing your quote-unquote hobby every day, is not good for you. But we're, you're getting it twisted. I'm, we're, no one's saying you have a free pass to do it as long as you want. We're just saying it is a hobby. So if you do it for an hour every day, that's a hobby. And it's healthy to only consume it for an hour every day. Yeah, that's the problem is you can't consume it for an hour every day. <laughs> well, that's a different debate. Get it. The Bird Show. Let me ask you guys a question, and I don't have all of the details on it, but I was really, I think because I come from a family of toxicity and a family of cutoffs, that sometimes my default is, hey, if your family is giving you that hard a time, maybe you can like take a little bit of a break just to get to the healthy side of things. So let me just, I've got a guy friend that has been married for, let's say, six, seven years, right? And he comes from a very religious background. The family that he um, married into, very religious also. Everybody loves each other. The chemistry has been fantastic. It is one big, happy, working family. Except he found out about six months ago she's been cheating on him. (gasps) All right? So... They've gone through therapy together. This dude's heart, he's so betrayed. I think he feels a lot like I would also. I mean, trust is a really big issue. And feeling like that deep or that big of a fool, I think my heart would just get shut off because apparently the the affair has been going on for a long time, right? So he confides in his parents and he tells the entire family, like, I don't think I can do this. In fact, I know I'm going to file for divorce. I just, I can't do this anymore. And now for six months, they have been peppering this dude to stay in the marriage. Like, um, really pressuring him hard to stay in. Even though he goes from mom to dad to auntie to uncle, none of them are supporting him in the way he's feeling about it. And 
are sort of ostracizing him and going to her and saying, like, we're doing everything we can to keep this thing together for you. But uh, it, it, the loyalties now seem a really screwed up. I mean, how lonely does one have to feel to have to like to right. go through that when you're leaning on your family to support you and one of the toughest decisions you've ever made and they're basically turning their backs on you saying, yeah, we can't support you because we don't agree with what you're doing. And not only that, but going to the wife Oof. and like oh, wow. almost saying like, we can't talk him in, into, he, he's just not thinking clearly here. You guys are such a great couple. We understand that you're the one that stepped out of the marriage. However, you guys should still keep it together. I would feel a bit betrayed in that in that case by my family if I were in that situation. And as close as I am to my family and as much as I love and honor their opinions on my life, at the end of the day, I think they know I'm going to do what I want. And you have to be in that relationship every day. You have to do the forgiving and the constant, like, trying to get through it. They're not going to be there every step mm -hmm. of the way. So for me, it would be irrelevant what their opinions were. Yeah, I mean, this is heartbreaking. And I think this is one of those situations where you just have to recognize that their loyalty to your marriage is right now trumping their loyalty to their to their relationship with mm -hmm. you. And that's sad. And I think it's going to take probably years for them to get over the fact that you are going to do what's best for you. And in this case, I completely agree. It does seem like the best course of action is for you to get divorced. Because the last thing you want to do is to feel isolated in your marriage and also isolated within your family. So this is the start of a very long road, but I also think it's the right road to go down. I think when you have uh, toxic families members who or families who are acting in toxic ways, there's a pivotal moment in your relationship that sort of breaks it where you're like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. And it doesn't mean you cut them off, but it just sort of means you distance yourself. And I think it is isolating and very lonely. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that the relationship is fractured forever. But in a way, I think it can be very freeing as well if you make that step, like just allowing somebody else's opinions to weigh you down, especially when you care about them so much. And it's mm. supposed to be the group who has your back no matter what. And all of a sudden they don't. But if you can get to that point where you're like, screw it, whatever. You know what? That's their opinion. I'm not going to deal with it. They don't have my back. I don't need them anymore. And you find your other family. I think that can be freeing and it can help with, I guess, perspective a little bit. This would be such a pivotal moment in my relationship with my family, though, when I really needed you more than any other time that not only did you like see my side of things and just wanted me to be happy, but you actually took the extra steps to support my significant other or my wife that was cheating on me. I don't know that I could get over that. Now, that's a permanent record thing. That's a permanent record thing, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't get over it. My, my dad was all, he always preached that to the family. Like, regardless of how much I love your significant other, the moment they are not your significant other, uh -huh. I am with you, period. That's the way that it goes. There's no way around that. So, yeah, I, I couldn't get past that type of betrayal. Yeah, it's a kind of betrayal that cuts deep because if your own family isn't standing by you, I think mm -hmm. psychologically you're going to start to believe, well, who will? If everybody is siding with everybody else in this situation, I... I would cut off my family. At least for a little while. Yeah. I, I don't think like it has to be permanent, but, and then I felt so bad. Like who else do you turn, turn to? If you can't turn to your family for something like that, who else should you be able to turn to? I guess you got friends, but that's a temporary breakup for me with yep. the family. Blocked. Absolutely. Get it. The Bird Show. Everybody, once you engage in a relationship or you're thinking about quote unquote settling down, you fear that you're going to lose your freedom, right? I think guys are probably hypersensitive to that. But how 
can you navigate through a relationship without mm. totally being fearful of losing your freedom if you're a guy? Yeah, guys, if you want your woman to leave you alone, there's one word I want you to meditate on. It's the one thing that deep down all women want, and that word is security. Mm-hmm. Deep down, all women want to do is feel safe and secure physically and emotionally in their relationships. And if you can provide that according to the Know That Self podcast, women will become less clingy. What's one thing that you feel like men really don't understand about women? How much fear women are in all the time. Women live on this earth almost like prey animals. There's vigilance. a constant vigilance and a constant sensation of unsafety in women. So the relationships that I notice that are the very most successful, that what the man is essentially doing as a second nature is consistently, I mean constantly, reassuring. So if men had that same attitude towards the women in their lives, believe me, they would have good relationships. And also, the women in their lives would tolerate more distance. It's the paradox effect in relationships. The stronger container and the stronger level of security and presence you can give a person a sensation of, the more tolerance for autonomy they have. Which men also crave that sense of freedom of autonomy. Exactly. Yeah. But like most people who want autonomy, you're like, I need to fight for my autonomy. Right. And by doing that, you're creating a stage five clinger. It's like mm. that as a man from seeing freedom as as many options as you can on the platter of life versus depth of commitment and yeah. the freedom that comes from that. It makes a lot of sense. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious if uh-huh. you think about it. Like if you, if you make somebody feel secure in a relationship, they're going to have more trust and therefore you're going to have more freedom. If you make somebody feel insecure in a relationship, they're going to want to know where you are every day, every hour of every minute and want to be by your side at all times for fear that you're going to do something untrustworthy. 100%, but it feels opposite. Like, oh, I have to give my woman more attention if I want mm-hmm. freedom. Mm-hmm. But really that's how it is. Just make her feel safe emotionally and she's not going to constantly be texting you at 2 a.m. while you're out with the boys. Our intern Haley wants in on this. Okay, go. Yeah, so I'm in a long distance relationship, but there's so much security in the relationship that I mean, he can go out to the club with his hockey team till four in the morning. I can sleep sound Mm -hmm. as a baby. My friend who's also in a long distance relationship, she will text me, he's going out to the club tonight, like, what do I do? And I'm like, Tell him to have fun. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. And she's like, but his his roommate might bring a girl home. And I'm like, what does that have to do with him though? Nothing. If it if it doesn't have anything to do with him, then it shouldn't. You're wise beyond your years, woman. Yeah. Wise beyond your years. Listen, I'm I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm I'm good. Wow, well, must be nice. Rub it in a little more, Haley. <laughs> I love my happy, healthy relationship with my hockey player boyfriend. You know what? He lives in Missouri, so I struggle a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, you got to choose your struggle. Yeah. All right. Sometimes we just have loose ends here, and you guys are like, eh, 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 I need to know. And this is the one where um, the one that got away was the ex-fiance, and she wanted to get back with him. You guys remember this one? Um, so what happened back in December of 2021, after two years of dating, Mark proposed to Blaine. She was excited about their future together until she found out her parents were getting a divorce. Her views on marriage changed and she started getting cold feet in her own relationship. She broke things off with Mark, but she never stopped thinking about him. She reached out to connect. uh, She reached out to us so we could reconnect her with Mark. He agreed to meet up with Blaine and things went well. They went on back-to-back dates, but she was hesitant to go out with him again because she knew he was dating somebody else. After five years of not speaking, she expected him to ditch who he was dating for her. Well, uh, we all said that she needed to treat treat this as a fresh start and see where things go. Are the two still seeing each other? The update. After reconnecting with Mark and going out those few times, things didn't work out for us. I genuinely tried to be okay with the fact that he was dating someone else. 
But deep down, sharing someone I had such a history with wasn't my style. And I found it increasingly difficult. I really tried, but I couldn't shake the feeling of being insulted by the situation. The history we shared seemed too significant to be treated casually or in the way you'd handle a new situation. So I told him that if that if and when we he found out him, himself totally single again, we could consider trying to rebuild what we once had. But we'd have to both be committed and trying to trying and not casually. He continued dating that other person, and it ended several months later. He, of course, called me <laughs> and wanted to give things a try. However, by then, I was already in my current relationship. I'm pretty happy right now. It wasn't about to mess things up with someone so great when things seemed so uncertain with Mark. As far as I know, Mark is still single. Who knows what the future holds for either of us. However, I'm pretty happy and thinking things work out the way they do for a reason. You can't even jumpstart. You can't even start a relationship unless the timing is right. Yeah. And here they're going back and forth. There's there's nothing here. Yeah, I completely agree. And I always wonder why people stay in relationships where they're kind of like iffy about, you know, somebody and what they're doing and the choices they're making when just get out of the relationship because there's probably somebody a better fit for you just around the corner. And I think this is the perfect example of that. Y'all agree? I feel the same exact way. I, I agree with Abby. I think people stay in things too long for whatever reason. And obviously the universe has led you to something better. And I'm proud of her for like, she she was in a newer relationship. She could have ditched that guy so quickly and mm-hmm. got back with Mark. But she's like, no, this is going well. And I'm I'm not going to risk that. And she's she's holding her ground. Intern Haley, get in there. Yeah, I don't think the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I'm glad she didn't end things with the current guy for what could be with, mm-hmm. you know, this old fling. I think... I think the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and if she had gone back in that relationship, she would have been like, oh, crap, like I gave up something good. <laughs> yup. Get it. The Bird Show. A lot of you guys are well-intended and very, very sweet. Uh, if you listen to the show, what? I just love how invested people get. They do get invested, and that's the beauty of doing a show like this. You, yes. Some of you guys have been listening for a while. You get invested in our lives, and you just want to help, yeah. which is really awesome. Uh, so now that I am single again, I'm starting to get some DMs from people going, uh, hey, I know somebody... You're single, they're single, you both are warm-blooded, and she's short. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the common denominator right there. If she's short, uh-huh. we're going to be a great pair. Uh, let me assure you that I am doing just, I am fine in the place that I am in right now. And while I appreciate that, one name keeps coming up more than any other for me to be set up with. And that person is my ex-wife. People are determined to ship me with my ex-wife. So they feel like after nine years of separation, (laughs) it now makes the heart grow fonder and the two of you are now meant to be. (laughs) Right. So here's where it started. Uh, Have you told Stace about these? I I haven't. No? No, 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 no. So, yeah, let me get into all this here real quick. So it started with uh, uh, Ask Me Anything last week. Um, And... It started with me taking pictures of her dogs that were in my house. She was leaving for the weekend with our son to take him back to college. So I have been watching her dogs, which has been awesome. Having dogs in the house is great. You know what else is great? Giving them back to her (laughs) when she comes back. Um, Because I'm just not in the space to get a new dog yet. And I know that. I want to go six months without any kind of responsibility. So this has been really, really nice to have something, some heartbeats in the house when I get there. So I watched her dogs and I also told you that she's got this new job and she's going to be traveling more. And I volunteered to babysit the dogs whenever she's out of town. So I took some pictures, put them up on Instagram. And then I did this Ask Me Anything. 
And I think because of the dog pictures, are you and Stacy getting back together now? Was one of, no, not one, <laughs> six of the Ask Me Anything um, responses. So I wrote back, Stacy, you got to stop uh, asking me this. <laughs> and then I wrote, kidding. Are we really living in a place that if divorced couples that are co-parenting are friendly with each other, that it means they are getting back together? Yes. <laughs> Apparently so. And I wrote, come on. It's taken us a lot of peaks and valleys to get here. We are good. So Stacy and I have been divorced now. I don't even know, man. Nine years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of peaks and valleys with us. Uh, it, it started off really, really rough. The one bit of credit I will give to her and me um, is that I feel like we've always tried really hard to keep it straight in front of the kids. That's always been our priority. It does no um, good to talk smack about your ex in front of the kids because it just it puts them in the middle of everything. Or at all. Yeah. How about that? Or at all. The relationship is over, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't need to take your daggers and, you know, stab each other online. It's over, man, right? So um, I think that because um, those that were listening back in the day are thinking, okay, you know what? You guys can get back together. It's, it's not going to happen. There are a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys, a lot of peaks. We're at a really nice place right now. Uh, in fact, I think that I might have added to this by saying that I was so happy that she got this new job because she really has felt like she needed a place that fit her. And she got one now with a nonprofit. She started Burke's Big Adventure. Yeah. This is perfect for her. That I said to her that, hey, congratulations, I'll take you out to dinner. So my thought was, we'll go to the place where both of my kids are working. They work at a restaurant. So while they're working, Stacy and I can celebrate her getting this new job. So I think people heard that also. And they're like, wait a minute. Dinner and dogs? <laughs> Dinner and dogs. It's all right in front of you, Bert. It's all right in front of you. When's the wedding? The, the second wedding. The right. listeners are trying to parent trap you. So it, oh, they are. They're they like are, your right? kids. <laughs> they just want mom and dad back together. So we're in a really, really nice place. We're not calling each other every single day. Um, it's not like that. But it's at a really nice place, especially when you have kids. And it doesn't matter to me how old the, the kids mm. are. They want to see mom and dad getting along with each other. And then I started to get some of these um, DMs also. Ha, my ex-husband and I are also in a great place now after going through a lot of ups and downs over the last 15 years. So many people keep thinking we're going to get back together and we're both in relationships with other people. Our reality is we have three boys whom we are proud of and are going the next steps in their lives. It's not about us, exclamation point. It's about them, but some people can't grasp that. And those kind of DMs were coming in time and time again but i do think at least in reading this that people just assume that if you're divorced it's going to be bad forever mm. and you might even be going through this right now and you're thinking because it's right in front of you it's going to be bad forever and i said this a couple of weeks ago also that it won't it probably won't if you guys both have the kids best interests in heart It takes a lot of swallowing ego for sure, but you can become friends without it being romantic. People didn't want to buy that. Yeah, good for you, though. I'm I'm really happy for the two of you. Thank you. Yeah, it's just fine. And again, I don't want to misrepresent it Mm -hmm. and make it seem like it's, oh, my God, they're talking to each other every single day and holding hands as they're going down the street, even though it's a friendship. (laughs) It's not like that, but we're good. We're solid. So 
It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Mom and dad not getting back together. Get it? The Bird Show. What does it say about a woman if she just never wants her significant other or husband to see her without any makeup on? Ever? I don't know what it says about her. I don't know what it says about the relationship. Now, to each their own, whatever works in your relationship, whatever makes you happy. I watched this video and I'm like, this is exhausting. So it's, it comes from um, an account called Faves by Ash. And to paint the picture, it starts dark and then a light comes on. She's leaning over from her side of the bed and she turns the light on. So she's in bed. And what she's going to detail is what she does after her husband goes to sleep. Okay. Come with me to take my makeup off while my husband's still sleeping. I do this every single night. I wait for him to fall asleep and then I sneak out of bed and take my makeup off and then I get right back in bed like nothing happened. I really don't mind doing this because I love that my husband still thinks I'm as beautiful as I was on our wedding day every single day. I show him respect and love by looking my best every single time that he sees me and I just feel good about doing it this way. I can't believe that some people just don't wear makeup around their significant others. That is just crazy to me. Even though I lose out on a lot of sleep every single night because I have to get up, take my makeup off, go back to bed, and then wake up early to put it back on, the trade is all worth it to me. All that I care about is that my husband thinks I'm beautiful. Oh, boy, there's so many red flags here. I'm, it's a oh, lot to unpack, right? I feel so bad for her. Now, again, it's this weird line because it's like, okay, whatever works for you in your relationship, whatever makes you happy. I just don't know... <sighs> Some things can make people happy and also be slightly unhealthy at the same time. And I feel like this is one of them. It, it seems exhausting. I mean, th- that's how I would take I mean, he didn't ask for this, right? No, uh-uh. This is just her doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why you would want to do that. At least for me, being in a relationship where I'm happy, like I want to be that comfortable with somebody where mm-hmm. they see me at my, I guess, my worst or not my best. And I feel like I can be that person with that person. That's a whole part of it for me. I feel like in a lot of cases when I've been in this situation before and I'm really into a girl or you're into or love that. When you tell her that she's just as pretty, if not prettier, without her makeup on to you, that women fight guys on that. They just don't believe it. And in my world with the guys that I know, they think you are just as beautiful, if not more beautiful, without makeup on. I swear, but women don't want to buy that. It's not that we don't want to buy that. It's just literally every magazine and TV ad and commercial has been telling us the opposite since the beginning of time. And then we show up to work with no makeup on and we get told (laughs) by bosses that we look tired and are we okay? So you may be true, true, but we are programmed to Uh not believe you. Um, I used to be like this with the no makeup, though, with an old boyfriend. I never let him see me without makeup on at all for over a year. And it was an insecurity thing. I just didn't think I was pretty enough. So when I hear somebody doing that, she ends her saying that she always wants the boyfriend or the husband to see her as beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's just insecure. It it makes me sad for her. If you guys look at yourselves in the mirror without makeup on, do you guys think that you're beautiful? I think I might. Just I. Yeah, I mean, there are some, it, it, honestly, it depends on the day. There are some days, and I don't wear makeup into the studio at all, even though we have cameras filming our every move, mm-hmm. and it gets posted to Facebook. It gets posted to Instagram. It gets posted to TikTok. My bare face is out there because I'm flipping tired, and I'm not going to get up <laughs> early to put on some makeup. And there are some times I look at those videos, and I'm like, 
crusty. Yes, right. And then there are other times I'm like, no. So yeah, no. I think I'm. I think I'm all right. Do I think as far as on from an outside, like a, an aesthetic uh, beauty, do I look better with makeup on? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I'm the same way. It depends on the day, but I mean, I given the option t- between Abby with makeup and Abby without makeup, I think Abby with makeup looks better 10 times over. And that's like, that's the whole point. I wouldn't spend all this money on makeup if I didn't think I looked better with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I look like Mr. Clean with hair. (laughs) No, I do. Because I have blonde eyelashes and blonde (laughs) eyebrows. So you really can't see anything. So I look like Mr. Clean with hair. I'm not a huge fan. Some days I'll be like, oh, it looks nice. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Uh, It's more just I learned to accept it and stop caring. Mm -hmm. For me personally, it speaks so much about a woman that can be comfortable her own skin without makeup on. When I see pictures online without makeup on, I've told you guys before, I think the hottest look for a a woman is at the end of the day on the beach when her hair's just all completely messed up. There's no makeup on. There's no shower. There's no nothing. To me, in the most natural, that is the most beautiful. I agree with you. I, I thought it was, um, I loved seeing Alicia Keys not have makeup on. Yeah. Performing at the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. she's been really adamant about that, just being natural. I, I loved that. I mean, I'm I'm cool either way, but I personally love when my my woman sports her natural look. Yeah, but confidence. She, she's Alicia Keys. You know what I mean? Right. Like, she's, <laughs> she can she's afford, Alicia Keys. She can also afford all the skin treatments oh, and, yeah. like, all that stuff that for that upkeep. Mm-hmm. I think, like, also there's a difference between loving the way you look without makeup and just accepting it and being comfortable mm-hmm. with it. And I think they can be two different things. Yeah, because we always, there's a lot of talk about body positivity and, you know, uh, body negativity. But there is something to be said about body neutrality mm-hmm. and just, like, accepting yourself for who you are and what you are. So, <laughs> if you could have one, the one wish is this. Either there is no makeup at all or you have to wear it every single day. Which would you go with? No makeup at all. No yeah. makeup at all. None. No makeup at all. Well, if I could just snap my fingers, yep. makeup every single day. But if I have to put it on myself, okay. no makeup. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Get it. The Bird Show. Hi, Cassie. What is the Glimmer Project? Oh, I'm so excited about this. So the Glimmer Project is a little challenge that I'm starting and I got the idea. So a glimmer is the opposite of a trigger, right? Trigger makes you feel some kind of way, sad, um, traumatized. A glimmer is something you see, a small something that just brings you joy or safety or a good feeling. And in our daily lives, I think we'll see glimmers and we're like, oh yeah. And then we keep going. You don't really focus on it. 
So the Glimmer Project is something I'm doing to every day focus on something that brought me a little twinge of joy. It doesn't have to be a huge happy moment. Um, it literally can just be something that you think is pretty or makes you smile and catalog it. And then at the end of the week, you review all the glimmers for oh. that week and you realize like, hey, Instead of just slogging through another week, like, you know, the daily grind over and over again, you can start focusing on the highlights and the things that kind of brought you some joy throughout the week. And it's learning to, like, romanticize your life and see the beauty in the everyday mundane. And so some examples for you, I'm filming my glimmers, so at the end of the week I can make a little video to rewatch all these, like, this highlight reel almost. So for me, and it's going to sound corny and hallmarky, like a Hallmark card, but that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. So for me, some glimmers are like when the sunlight filters through leaves in the trees. I just think it's the most beautiful thing ever. Or trees against a stormy background. I don't know why. Or I have a weighted blanket. So waking up in the morning cozy under the weighted blanket. That first cup of coffee that's so sweet and it just hits your lips and you're like, oh, God, I needed this. Um, the white muzzle on my dog when I get really close to give her, like, kisses and pet her. So those are all kind of glimmers. And they seem like they're just mundane things. Like, everybody, if you have a dog, you've mm -hmm. seen your dog's muzzle. But it's how you feel when you interact with it. And that little spark of joy is your glimmer. So I want to challenge everybody for at least a week to... Like, focus on your glimmers and see what they are and see if it changes your mood by really, like, registering the fact that you feel happy, that you feel a little bit of joy, that you found the beauty in something in your normal, mundane, cyclical life, and you can focus on it, and it just helps you see the world a little bit differently. Because you this. could so easily yeah. just bypass those things and not think twice about them. Yeah, I forget what book uh, I didn't finish that <laughs> had the analogy in it that, um, you know, when you go to an Airbnb and you know you're going to be there for a weekend, right? Like, let, let's say you're staying on the beach or you're in this beautiful Airbnb, and you only have 48 hours you try everything right mm -hmm. and everything is so beautiful you want to go and you, you want to use the pool if they have a pool there right um you're going to do everything because you only know it's going to be there for 48 hours right but the analogy is for your life like you're here for a very short amount of time and here we take these things for granted and if we can just remember that and see the beauty in every little thing that it is really a short period of time then it makes your life much better yeah and it's really helped pull me out of some funks as well like if i'm really annoyed because i've just done literally five loads of laundry and now i have to do dishes and i'm going out of my mind, but I know I have clean sheets to get into and I just shaved my legs. If you're a woman or, or you shave your legs, you'll know that feeling. That is a glimmer. And it just kind of helps you refocus away from the negative and realize like when life gets really heavy or, and I'm not talking about major trauma. I'm just talking about like, sometimes you can get so bogged down in the day today mm -hmm. and be like, what am I doing with my life? Like, is this really what it's about? It's because we have conditioned ourselves to just overlook it. Like, you know, starting a new Netflix show or opening a new jar of peanut butter, or if you're the kind of person who gets to throw away the jar because you're done, like that brings me so much joy to finish a product and be like, done, get it out of my house. So I think it's just making, training your brain to reframe your daily life in a way that's going to bring you some happiness. And it takes a moment. So when you see your glimmer, stop, look at it, sit in it, film it, or just take it in, whatever is best for you, write it down. And really take a moment to be present and look at that thing around you, that, that mundane thing that's bringing you joy. Mm -hmm. I know we weren't like, 
you know, purposely paying attention to this, but does anybody, can anybody think of a glimmer they had yesterday? Because I know for me, and I actually recorded it, but I hadn't uh, posted it on Instagram because I was sitting on the couch and my, my dog Willie was laying next to me and his, his back left paw was perfectly put out. Man. I love smelling those dog feet. <laughs> <laughs> you smell them? Yes, they smell like Fritos. It's like what? yes, Ew. enjoy that. Yes, uh huh. It smells. It smells oh. like Fritos, and it's just oh. So I just I, I went down and I had the camera and I was like. I was like, oh, Frito feet. Frito feet. So that would be my glimmer uh, from yesterday. Yeah. I think my glimmer would be the sound that a PS5 makes when it turns on. Oh, that's a good one. When you, yeah, when you hear the beep, I don't want to hear beep. <laughs> for me, I had seen a TikTok video a couple days ago where it's like, for anyone who has depression, have you ever thought about just watching a cat lick its paws and then wipe its eyes because that'll cure it? And for me, that's what I do anytime I'm sad. I just go back and I look at videos of my cat. So for me, it was my cat fishing out the ice in my drink yesterday. <laughs> Couldn't finish my water, but it was cute as hell. Yeah, I think mine is animal-related yesterday yeah. also because I'm watching my ex-wife's dogs uh, for a couple of days and I walked in the house and these dogs were so excited to see me, man. One almost peed and the other one was up on my leg. And I was like, hey, this is really cool coming home to something that's excited. Yeah, it, it, we'll do it for a week and see how your attitude changes. I, I love this. The Bird Show. All right, let's get Jessica on here because she knows she's got a tough convo with the old man this weekend because they made an agreement and now she's backing out on it and it's a big one. Hey, Jessica. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Thank you. Right, let's see if we can help you out because you and your husband made an agreement. Two kids and you've got two great kids and now you want to pivot. I do. Yes, I do want to pivot. I want to, yeah, okay. So as as, a long, as long as we've known each other, we have always been so excited to have kids. You know, we have a family, and we really talked it through, like, how many do we want? And, you know, he said he always wanted two kids because um, he had, he was one of four. Let's see, he was the second child, and he just remembers how everything changed when his parents had the next two kids, you know, like he said that it was this, always they were tired, they were stressed, it was, it was broke, uh, you know, they were broke, so, you know, he was broke too, <laughs> because, you know, having four kids, it's, it's just so much, sure. and he just always thought his parents would have been happier, his family would have been happier if it was not for all that stress, the exhaustion, the money, issues. so then, you know, me, I was one of two kids, and, um, I think, you know, he might have a point because things, things in my house, they were always pretty happy when we were growing up. You know, we were, we were tight. We, uh, we did a lot of fun things together. It was, it was honestly really great. And so I always agreed with him. I'm like, yeah, two kids is perfect. Okay. Fast forward to now. Um, I, we have two kids and our youngest is two. And I really, honestly, you guys, I really, really want to have more. I just, I love being a mom. I love being pregnant. I I love the baby stage. I miss my babies. I want babies. I want more babies. And so I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't want to be done with that time of my life. So I want to tell my husband that I changed my mind. And I want to start trying for baby number three. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, how can you say no? How can you resist? Well, you got to remember this. And I've never been through this situation before, but I think you got to remember this. Uh, if he yeah. doesn't, is he? If he doesn't match your excitement, it's because he's shocked. Uh, this is going to be the first time he's heard of it. So don't be all bummed out if he's not as excited as you. That would be my first thing. 
And then right, he's right. probably going to, you know how dudes think? They they think budget first. That like, can, can we even afford this? Yep. So you might want to be armed with that answer. What else? He's going to be armed with logic. You're going to be armed with emotion. And you're going to have to find a way to, to meet in the middle. Um, is right. it is it your heart and your head telling you you want a third? Or is it just because you you guys had this agreement that the second you were going to have two and that was it. So now that your child is entering the full-on toddler stage, you're starting to, like, reminisce and, like, you don't want this to be, like, the last. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what's going on. Um, I Is that so bad? <laughs> no, I mean, it's not so bad. I would... I mean, depending on how much time we got here, because obviously, whether we like to admit it or not, women are on a clock when it comes to, you know, um, right. to conceiving. Um, no, I mean, if your heart and your mind are in it, I mean, absolutely have the conversation with your husband. But if he's adamantly against it, I don't know what the compromise is there. I, I don't you can't either. have half a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. No, no, it's a life commitment. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's another college education. I know it's all that. It's it's a. Uh, it's a lot of money. I know that. Um, and also how it's going to affect the two you already have, because that does change the dynamic of the family, because your youngest is now no longer the youngest or the middle child. And, it, right. you know. Make a trade. Like, what, what can you trade? Uh, we get them like a PlayStation. Uh, that normally works. <laughs> uh-huh. Is there a car he wants? Car? Just a tire. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. You have to think about everything that we just talked about and get ahead of it practically. I think that's the way he's going to yeah. approach it. So you kind of have to already be prepared for that approach and then well, I, navigate around yeah, it. Can you help me with some ideas? I need some ideas like on, because I, I don't think he'll be on board right away at the top of it, but like, what could I say to convince him? Like what, what are the selling points about this? I think you just got to mace yourself, start crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's what usually does. Pull it those heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cry. I think if you speak from the heart here and tell yeah. him how important it is, and tell him he doesn't even need to make a decision right now. Let him chew on yes, it a little right. bit yeah. so he doesn't feel pressured. I think that's probably the best way to go into it. Okay. Okay. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Right. Stakes, stakes are high here. Yeah, it's the Bird Show. The Bird Show. Hi, Kristen. The little thing's starting to build up here. You're going to put a stop to it right now. All right. So I had an idea because... Um, <laughs> there's something my husband does. It is small. It is minuscule. And that's the key to this. It can't be something big. It has to be small and minuscule um, that my husband does that drives me crazy, right? Oh, man, you started talking about these a couple of weeks ago and the calls that were coming in yeah. from women just that wanted to vent about the little things that were annoying them. Well, that was me venting about him coughing. And I can't change that because he's, he's got a cough and I, I can't be like... can't even cough. <laughs> 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 if you could just stop... Blinking, breathing, and breathing, breathing. and coughing. Yeah. And eating. We're, we're going to be salt. And eating. Chewing. Because he chews too loud. Sleeping. For Forming any kind of saliva in your mouth whatsoever. And he snores loudly too, so you don't even like it when it when. Yeah, I had, to, I had to hit him last night and be like, roll over to your side because he got on his back. And once he gets on his back, it's like. Breathing, <laughs> eating, sleeping. Yes. Okay, and coughing. Yes, so okay. basically. Other than that, we're fine. <laughs> any human function, he needs to stop. <laughs> Need to put an end to it. So I had this idea, and I'm, I'm going to need your help a little bit, right? I was going to come up with three things. 
He was going to come up with only three things. I told him only three things. Well, it sounds to me like your list could be pretty extensive also. No, it's not. I, and I actually you just had, rattled three off. Well, no, Survival. No, I'm talking about... <laughs> that's <laughs> that's before the list got started. Yeah, no. him just living is bothering you. <laughs> Man, a pre-list. <laughs> I put three different things I didn't... like Because those, those actually, to me, are like kind of major because those things he has to do to live. So I'm going to let those slide, all and right? if he died, it would piss me off, too. Who's gonna feed the dogs? I mean, what, a, what about your child? Who's taking care of your child? I got that. That one's fine. All right. So, um, I, I we talked about this last night, and I go, hey, I need three things. Make it like stupid, like not stupid, but very trivial, very small, and we will challenge each other for an entire week. We cannot do these things, right? These little things that drive each other like that are, that are super annoying, that drive each other crazy. Otherwise, there's going to be a punishment. I don't know what the punishment is. So that's where I kind of need you guys to come in and help with the punishment. So my three things for my husband that he can't do for the next week. Um, one involves the microwave. He loves to pile things in front of the microwave. The, mm. the mail that mm. he just opened, the doggy bag, like whatever stuff ends up getting right in front of the microwave. And it just... I get disproportionately angry at the stuff in front of the microwave because I can't open the door and I can't get stuff in there. Sidebar on the microwave. I used to date somebody that would leave the microwave timer on at like three seconds. That would annoy me. So it was like three minutes and it would go to 2.57 or whatever. And it's about to ding and she like opens the door and leaves the three seconds on the freaking door. You got to diffuse the bomb before it goes off. It was never going to (laughs) work. You do that? I do that all the time. I think my microwave is currently set at seven seconds from when I made dinner last night. (laughs) I do the same thing. All right. So um, the next one is paper towels. So he will use paper towels and then we'll leave the crumpled up paper towels on the counter. But since he just used them to wipe his hands after he washed them, he repurposes them for other things. So there's like this collection. This dude's so grown on a farm. Damn paper towels (laughs) that he wants to be able to like to either wipe out the inside (laughs) of a pan before he washes it. Like there's whatever. And so I'm constantly just going and pissing him off and picking up the paper towels and throwing them away. <laughs> and then the last one. And is he like, hey, that had two more uses in it. What are you doing wasting yeah. our paper towels? Yeah, because he had a, a like a the, the thing he fried eggs in and he was going to use those paper towels to wipe it out. And then he had to go get a clean paper towel and that was wasteful, blah, 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 whatever. So I want the paper towels to go away. And lastly, drinking my water. So I'm trying to keep track of how much water I'm consuming. He doesn't even know this, by the way. And because I don't drink um, soda anymore, I like carbonated water. I call it bubble water. Montaigne's my favorite, especially the cucumber. It's so delicious. And so I will pour these in my reusable cups. And then if I leave it out and go do something, I come back, it's gone. So he just, he, he, he drinks my water. I'd really like him to stop drinking my water. Okay. So those are the three things. Seems reasonable. I think so too. So I told him this last night and then I texted him again this morning. Um, Oh, wow. He got back to me just in the nick of time. He must be (laughs) listening. Because I texted him at 6.39 this morning, three small annoying things. And as of we, as we started this break, I hadn't got anything back. Do you think one of his is when you text him while he's taking care of Jimmy? He, Jimmy was still asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the three things that I have to stop doing. This is my first time reading this, by the way. No joke. Like the text just came in. Turn off lights in rooms that you leave and close closet doors. Amen. The, the lights one does it. Oh, my God. Why? Yes. Yes. Right. Turn the light off. 
I can already think of two lights I left on this morning when I left the house. <laughs> um, that's technically two because turning lights off and closing closet doors, that should be two separate ones, but whatever. Next, put your clothes away that are on closed drying racks that I place that you, so that you have to walk around, but you still ignore. <laughs> 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 he literally put my suitcase in the middle of the floor to get me to mm-hmm. unload it, and I just kept walking over top of it <laughs> for like two days, and he finally came in the bedroom. He's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's the beauty of being single. My suitcase is still in my kitchen unpacked. <laughs> and then his third one for me is take your shoes upstairs instead of leaving them where you take them off right in front of the couch when you get home. So those are my three things. Also yeah. reasonable. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're small. Mm-hmm. And I think doing like showing each other, because for the longest time I was like, this is who I am. You just need to accept me for who I am. I'm turning a corner and realizing, be a better person for your partner. Okay, so if these are things that are going to make his life easier and make him happier, if these three little things are going to make my life easier and a little happier, why can't we do these things for each other? Let's see how long that lasts. Okay, there's got to be a punishment, though. The Bird Show. Is she moving too fast? She just ended an eight-year relationship and, like, immediately is starting to see somebody else. Things are going well, but now she's starting to second-guess herself and go, like, am I moving things just too fast? Hi, Bird Show. Last November, I received some advice from you all regarding my eight-year relationship with no proposal. I decided to take Kristen's line in the sand day advice after being extremely clear with my boyfriend that marriage and children were non-negotiable for my future. I told myself that if he didn't propose by January 1st, the relationship would be over. And sure enough, the holidays came and went with no ring or promise for marriage, not even a mention of it. So I broke up with my now ex-boyfriend on January 2nd, kicked him out of my house, and let me tell you, I feel amazing. (laughs) Bye. Bye. So after hearing my words played back on the show, I realized how desperate I was to make something (laughs) impossible work simply because of the length of time we had been together. I took a step back and I evaluated his effort in the relationship and around the house and saw myself as more of a roommate than his partner. I started to resent him and I knew for a while things were nearing the end. I honestly don't know if he will have ever had if he will ever have the capacity to marry anyone. I've been grieving the end of this relationship for weeks, so now that it's over, I have never felt more free. Once he was out of the house, I received countless lectures from friends and family about how this was the time for me to find myself again, how I shouldn't rush into the next thing and how I should get comfortable with being alone for a while. However, a few days after the breakup, I met someone new while I was out with a friend. He's a couple years older than me, great job, funny and sweet, similar interests. Honestly, checks all the boxes. We clicked instantly. It's like the sky opened up and dropped the perfect guy right into my lap. We've been seeing each other almost every day for the last two weeks. The piano playing is the absolute best I've ever had. I'm just having so much fun. He really knows that I'm newly out of a relationship and is okay with taking things at my pace. I'm really not trying to rush into the next thing, but everything just feels so right. Please don't drag me through the coals because I know how all this sounds. I'm really not trying to rush, but things are moving just naturally and perfectly. But be straight with me. Is this too soon? Shouldn't I feel worse after this kind of breakup? I feel guilty for feeling so good. Do I keep seeing him or is this or is time alone really necessary after this kind of a breakup? 
Why are all, all eyes, why are all eyes on me? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Okay. Um, eight, eight years is a very long time to be with somebody. Um, I, I typically would be one to suggest that you do ha- take some time to yourself to really sort through the feelings of um, sort through your feelings. And I'm not saying there's a a right or wrong amount of time to mourn the end, you know, to mourn the end of a relationship. In this instance, I feel like in this particular instance, I feel like the end, it hasn't, it hasn't just been two weeks. I feel like the ending has been longer, even though you guys were together it was still like the end of the relationship, if that makes sense. Like you probably were already in the mourning period while you were still in the relationship? Correct. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that that can exist. So as of right now, I feel that like what you deserve because you because you haven't had happy in so long, do what makes you happy right now. And if that is going out with this dude, then so be it. Now, you're just going out, having fun, getting your ear, ear, ear on. Uh, before you move on to anything serious, I would take a step back, you know what, and really, like, observe the situation. But right now, I, as, uh, you know, as you're my friend, I would not judge you. I was like, you deserve happiness. You deserve release. Go have your fun and don't feel bad about it. So I'm going to double down on what Kristen is saying. Kristen, for years and years... Um, advised me, like after a breakup, take some time. And I have been a notorious relationship jumper, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was right in her advice. After my divorce, when I was just a pig, um, I really should have done nothing. I I should have spent more time with myself because the women that I I was dating was unfair. They never really had a chance. I hadn't mourned my divorce long enough. So I would absolutely... If I had to do it over again, I would have taken Kristen's advice. However, I will say this, that, and some of this is the exact same thing you said. Um, If it's casual like that, spend time by yourself. However, if a unicorn comes around and you really believe in your heart that this is the right person, I don't know how you pass that up without having regret that I wonder you just know when it's totally different and it's a completely different level. And I wouldn't be capable of saying, you know what? I got to put this thing on pause for a couple of months because my heart would be where I think I'm supposed to be. For me, I, I think it's a it's a feeling thing. And I don't think there's a formula or an equation that works for everybody. I used to think that you need to take time after a relationship. But the older I get, the more I realize that's just not always necessary. I think I was in a relationship once that impacted my life so much. I needed that time, but I was also in a relationship that I grieved while I was in it. So by the time it was over, it felt like it had been over for a long time and I didn't need the time. So I I think life is short. Everybody is different. Every relationship is different. And I think you should just go with your feeling. If your instincts and your gut is telling you that it feels right, I don't think there's a such thing as too soon or too long. And I know in the relationship I'm in now, it felt very different than when I met anyone else at any point in my life. And it kind of went to that thing of when you know, you know, that's what people say. So if it feels right, I think you should just go with it until it does. So it's different than that intoxicating new feeling that you have with any new date. This was different. It was very different. Like uh-huh. it, it was, yeah, because that feels like it's just new, and you're more excited because it's new. But there's something different about meeting someone, and it just fits it to the point where it's like scary. Like you knew them your entire life, and and you haven't. 
that's a, a different feeling than just the intoxication thing that you're saying. Yeah, but you've got to really be honest with yourself because as your friend, like if you come to me and you say, oh, I found this unicorn, I'm honestly going to have a hard time feeling like it's a unicorn so quickly after the relationship. Because after you end a, 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 an eight-year relationship, I think sometimes it can feel like it's the right thing because you're so lonely and it feels so good. It's almost like a solve over that wound. But to your point, Kristen, like I think sometimes you can grieve the relationship while you're in it. I think women especially do that. So I think, you know, get some and if it's fun, enjoy it while you're while it's just that. But really be honest with yourself. Is this the right person? Is this a unicorn or does it just feel good in the moment? Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show Fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.